Some soul is going to waltz into your concert hall with a heart that is broken, a soul that needs mended, or a mind that is unstable. And whether they walk out whole again is solely up to how well you do your profession. Coming up on Doing Good, the podcast. Strike up the band. After a year and a half of being silenced, live music is back. And music is so good for the soul. Remember that? But for those who make the music, getting back on stage has proven to be a very difficult journey. Today, our guest is Rob Seabacher, conductor of the Johnson City Symphony Orchestra. It's one of the great regional symphonies in the Southeast. They have dazzled crowds for decades. And now they're trying to rebuild after the breathtaking impact of the pandemic on the arts. You're about to hear how they're working to bring excellent music back to the concert hall and how musicians need our help to make that happen. We hope this conversation really just kind of inspires you to support the arts by supporting the artists who make the magic happen. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Doing Good, the podcast, where we celebrate good people doing good things every day. Welcome to your podcast refuge from bad news, negativity, and general doom and gloom. I'm Dr. Becky Powers, and we're here again to uh, talk with you this week and to talk with um, a great guest. I'm looking very forward. Oh, to Rob Seabacher. Rob Seabacher. All right. So uh, we heard from uh, you. Hi, this... everybody. I'm Josh Smith. Hi, Josh Smith. How are you today? Great. Honestly. Good. Who, is the, who are the these people I don't know today. who these strangers are today. So, um, so long story short, both of our uh, teen podcasters are out away doing fantastic summer things that are enriching and enlivening their minds and spirits. Quit lying. They're both probably like... <laughs> They're both probably, uh, well, mine's not, but um, so Susanna and Elijah had to be away today. So we, um, we basically just forced our younger children to come on the podcast today. And, um, and so I have with me today, my youngest, Millie. Hi, Millie. Oh. And Millie, Millie's here. Millie's still masked here because she um, is the only one who's yeah. not old enough to get her vaccine. How old are you, Millie? I'm 10 years old and I'm about to turn 11. Yay! Oh my birthday. gosh, big birthday. All right, and who do you? Who did you uh, Shanghai here today? Well, first I'd like to just, if we could, because I love the audio contrast. Millie, can you say hi? Hi. Hey, Hudson, can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> so uh, with me uh, is a lo- is, uh, Hudson, Hudson, our middle son. Uh, you hate that term, middle no, son. It's, it's fun. I was a middle, and I uh, yeah, really, yeah. I was total Jan Brady. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, well, Hudson's like, Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. Yeah. Sucking up all the emotional oxygen in a room again, aren't you? <laughs> so... This is Hudson, who's, he is 14, going on 15, 103. Yeah, but he's like, that's a whole six months away, dude. Oh, yeah. So So he's 14. Yeah. yeah. Millie's like a month away from 11. 11. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, you know, for our new listeners today, welcome in. I'm... Uh, we are not married because I keep getting this question. Is that your wife, Dr. Becky Powers? I'm like, no, that's my friend. Just people who don't know me, but who hear the podcast. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's like you, you bought your kid and I bought my kid and we're just here together. Yeah. I don't know. I think people just assume like there's this guy and this lady and they have a podcast. So maybe they're married. I don't know. Let's but, all think for a minute about what kind of a nightmare kind that of would be. circle of life. <laughs> you and I. And I then wouldn't get to know the uh, who I have proclaimed already once this morning to be the greatest man alive. And I think needs to be our podcast guest, Dr. Justin Digby. I your husband. tried this month and, and he said, coming. absolutely no. not. Because he's doing good every day, Becky, uh, whether you want to come to terms with it or not. I, okay. Can you insert barf emoji here? <laughs> no, there's, yeah. come on. He's a great guy. <laughs> I have Millie, been hearing that ta- since the day I was, I met him. We've met, you're talking about your dad. Is he not the greatest? Yeah, he is. He what did is. Daddy? What did you and Daddy do last night? We went roller skating for oh. like four hours. They went roller skating. Oh, fun! And he was out there roller skating with her on a Monday night. How fun! No, wait, Tuesday night. Who can't yeah. even remember what day it is? But oh, and it's because 
I am experiencing what I what I and my nurse have termed January. What's January? January is when every single respiratory virus that I would normally have been slaving away on in, in January, January didn't happen because everybody was social distancing and wearing a mask. Yeah. So it hits in June. And thus, January. January. And okay. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm a little bitter about a it. enraged at RSV. Because I've been doing pediatrics for way more years than Hudson has been alive. <laughs> um, and I... In fact, a, you are Hudson's pediatrician There's from a birth. rhythm to pediatric medicine, yeah, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. So you work really hard in the winter months because it's cold and flu season and you got all these brand new human beings that have never experienced them and don't have any immunity. So they get sick mm-hmm. and you, you know, you deal with it and then you deal with what happens after they get a cold, the ear infections, the, the pneumonia, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it starts to ease off around spring break. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I know I've hit. Oh, I don't even know what a good word for it. I know I've hit Nirvana <laughs> when the first poison ivy walks through the door. Uh-huh, it's like, like yes, the, the, the respiratory the season's first over. poison ivy is always a huge celebration for me, right? Yeah. And then January, January. And then, you know, and then I spend the summer doing well child <laughs> checks and making sure everybody's up to down their immunizations and getting everybody's sports physicals done for the next coming school year. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm and thinking of the January. fact that typically we are going to see the Johnson City Symphony, Rob Seabacher at Christmas concerts and th- hundreds and maybe a few thousand people in one big room coughing and hacking and wheezing in December. Oh, yeah. And then January comes around yeah. where they all start rolling into your office. We weren't able to do that this year. Rob's going to talk about the impact of that coming yeah. up in just a moment. But yeah. that's really how it works, isn't it? We all yeah. get together during December. Right. Everybody's on top of each right. other and then breathe in each other's air. And yeah. then January. Yeah. So, but I just want to do a, a, a friend confrontation here. Uh, oh, okay. Do you realize that you are in... The, a year and a half after the pandemic started and now really complaining that we're getting RSV. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful, beautiful thing? But really, Becky, really? Well, okay, then... You'd have given your left arm to be complaining about RSV last year, right? I don't know that. I don't know. It's just brutal. I, it's like it's not when you have to put like some little 18 month old in yeah. the hospital because yeah. they can't breathe. So that's really happening. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. Gosh. Happened last week. Okay. All right. But my my point is, is we're kind of getting back to normal. Oh. Isn't that great? I know, but we can't get all the way back to normal. It's not gone. I'm I'm a little distressed by all these people being like, oh, we're done. It's gone. It's not gone. (laughs) I know. I know. But, you know, it's a cycle of starting People aren't getting vaccinated. And um, no, no. I'm sorry. This is just (laughs) have my little doing bad moment. (laughs) I know it. I'm just, uh, yeah. The cloud just floated in front of the Well, and then yesterday I had to put up a big sign saying, yeah, you're still going to wear a mask in this office because nobody, uh, because the CDC hasn't cleared healthcare environments. Yeah, to yeah. stop wearing their masks. So, it's still so you're going to wear your mask in here. And so everybody's been coming in, not everybody, but I would say 60% of people have been coming into my office without their masks. Yeah. And they and that's really they have to. And then they the expect me to give them a mask. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Which I then have to pay for. Oh God, I'm really oh, dark. Boy, here today. we go. We go. I have dark. And you've been to Chick-fil-A. What happened? I am dark. I've had Diet Coke today and I'm still dark. <laughs> it's still dark. You have to Okay, okay, okay. We still have stuff. We still have the pandemic. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But we are getting back to normal. The symphony's coming back. I'm so glad that this the symphony is so, coming back. But if they've yeah. not if you're going to the symphony and you're indoors and you haven't been vaccinated, <laughs> please wear your mask. Becky, there's a unicorn over there. Isn't it great? Yeah, no, whatever. It's pooping in the corner. Sorry. Okay, no, it's It's good to hear It's dark. It's It's dark. dark. You know, hearing you laugh reminded me of something. Oh, no, we're not talking about that. Can we flashback to our last episode? We cannot flashback Millie, have you heard the the last last episode? episode? Hudson Hudson heard the last episode. Susanna, on the day it came out played that on repeat at the dinner table oh, so i had to okay. listen to it well, like it three clicks times anyway right it that did was, yeah. oh my god okay so if you don't know maybe we can through the magic of edit now uh, uh bring you just a little selection of last week's episode where Susanna asked or introduced the word chuggy oh, do we have to bring that up again yeah. well i think we should just listen in 
Honey, why have you been in the bathroom so long? My colon's all chuggy. I'm sorry. Okay, so (laughs) Becky, I can't listen to it without laughing. Oh my gosh. This you have termed it your podcast horse laugh yeah i horse laughed for like what you think of like it millie minutes. did it make you laugh and bring you joy to hear people laughing because <sighs> apparently your mom's having a hard time staying in the out of the darkness this morning like dark 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 that's in it's my favorite moment of the podcast so far. It's like me, like losing it. By the way, it's also the only moment of the podcast Hudson's ever listened to. That's not true. Hudson I, was I a listened. devoted listener at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then been busy. And then he oh. got and then he got too cool for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, are you guys glad you're here? Are you dreading this? Are you Hudson, you've been going to the symphony since you were well, a baby. Yeah. Taking him in and yeah. Sticking candy in his mouth. He during... looks so thrilled about it. Yeah, you have happy memories of the symphony, Kinda. right? I was just always like forced to go. So <laughs> poor Hudson's whole life is about being forced to do stuff he doesn't really want to do. Oh my gosh! Look, a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's character building, Hudson. <laughs> Currently, you are constructing your character. Anyway, I'm excited about Rob coming. He's a great guy. Yeah. We're going to join him. Via Zip, Millie's via met Rob because um, in 2019, the symphony and um, her ballet school oh, yes. um, ha- did the Nutcracker together. And so Millie did. Millie was the Clara that year. The Clara. The, that was the young Clara that year. And so she was on um, Daytime Tri-City. Oh, yes. What which a is a WJJ. WJHL production Um, uh, and uh, it was Millie and her ballet instructor her ballet teacher and the founder of the ballet school and Mr. Rob Seabacher yeah you know Millie do you did you like it was a great guy wasn't he a lot of fun yeah did you enjoy that by the way yeah what did you love about being on stage and with a symphony uh well most of the time whenever I was on stage and um, I was there. It was just a whole lot of fun because everyone was like moving around. It was that kind of uh, feeling where it was just you're so energetic and it's just. And then when we went backstage, it like it got even better because we could actually talk to each other. Oh. But on stage, it was kind of that just like feeling so that it was just really jumpy and it was fun with yeah. everyone there. Millie's our Digby family um, performer. Oh, yeah. Do you you live for the applause? Applause? You do, don't you, Millie? You love to perform, don't yeah. you? That's great. That's so cool. Well, so does Rob. You know, I don't know. I had this image in my mind of like a, a symphony. Con- you guys are going to hear a moment. He's yeah. really just as completely kind of he's young he's loved passionate you know and i just think gosh i mean that was for me honestly you know i think we all i don't want to go there into the darkness again but here we go <laughs> the the hard part of well you know i, I every you know I, I was one of my one of the other things i loved about the last podcast was Susanna saying you know about the past year and a half it really wasn't that bad <laughs> for <laughs> This really wasn't. You know, I know it. I had a few million people. It didn't go well for it. But anyway, yeah. for, it really wasn't that bad. For like five hundred million, yeah, almost you know, six hundred I mean, million. You know, the now. planet kind of had a bad year. Yeah, but <laughs> but we're past it now. Well, yeah, okay. It's gone now. And, and honestly, looking back, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> anyway, um, and she was. And but one of the the hard part to indicate just how good I had it was. Well, the hard parts for me was the not getting to hear music. Yeah, and not getting to go and pack in and. Breathe on top of each yeah. other and listen to live yeah, music. Yeah, it was tragic. Oh my gosh! I missed I missed um, the high school band mm-hmm. performances. They mm-hmm. do a beautiful Christmas concert, um, so we missed that. And then they we missed their two spring concerts. Yeah, I missed Millie's Nutcracker performance. Oh, that was tragic. Yeah, and then uh, the, for me the symphony, which I have loved mm-hmm. and have loved for years. The Johnson Symphony is yeah. just amazing. So yeah. we're going to be talking to Rob about 
you know, you think, oh, well, you know, you've had a great year off. Lucky you. Well, imagine that, you yeah. know, what that's been yeah. like for them. So, yeah. and we're going to be looking at how, how they really do good and mm-hmm. how they get back on the stage. But I'm excited I about it. I enjoyed hearing you horse laugh once more time. Okay. I'm, thank you. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Okay. So anyway, it's time. It's, it's time, time for our special segment. Yes. Oh, do we? Oh my gosh. We almost forgot. Okay, everybody. I'm wondering, has anyone... Oh, that was such a hard time with the grammar on this. Yeah. Did anyone have an instance in which you saw someone caught doing good? Woo! Okay. This is going to be lightning round because we are really needing to get our guests. Okay. I have mine. T- mine's all teed up. And it's on the symphony theme. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, okay. I know. So it's so on theme. Your first. Um, my first one is Millie has decided that she's going to play the oboe in the school band. Ooh. She's going to junior high school. She had to pick an instrument. She picked the oboe. Oh, and uh, junior high oboe players are not a common thing. No. Um, and so her band director was like, yes, we'd love for you to play the oboe, but you need to go get private lessons. Of course. So, I mean, do you know, finding private lessons for musical instruments can be a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I emailed the um, faculty member at ETSU who plays the oboe, who, and her name's Dr. Heather Kilmeyer. And I said, look, I said, I know you probably don't do beginner lessons, but I'm hoping that you have a grad student or somebody who could take, uh, you know, take my junior high student on. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, I do do beginning lessons and I want to do Millie's lessons. Wow. And so she is taking lessons with the one, the only Dr. Heather Kilmeyer. How cool. At ETSU, uh, ETSU faculty. Um, uh, for to learn the oboe and I just thought that was tremendous that somebody at that level of expertise wants to get in there and teach the beginners I think that's incredible it is incredible so shout out for me to Dr. Heather Kilmeyer absolutely who was caught doing good yeah I love it Millie do you have a caught doing good segment okay what's yours um so mine is when I went to camp um last week I had a counselor, and she was really encouraging the whole way through. Um, I don't think I ever caught her last name, but her name was Keegan. Oh. And um, uh, for three nights, she would take little notes of encouragement, and she would write what she thought was awesome about each of her campers, and that really encouraged all of us. So I just want to say thank you to her for that. Oh, that's so great. So Keegan at Camp ACC. Oh, yes. that's awesome. Congratulations. That's neat to find somebody like that. Mm-hmm. How about you, Hudson? Do you have an instance of someone caught doing good? Um, yeah, over the past month, I started basketball. And oh, yeah. Every morning, I'd have to go down to the high school. You'd or get go to, to some go school. down to the high school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reorienting Hudson's way of thinking. <laughs> But I needed a ride every single day, and my grandma, um, on my mom's side, she would every single day come at like seven o'clock in the morning to like eight thirty in the morning. She wakes up at like five o'clock every morning, mm-hmm. and she'll just take me anywhere I need to go. And like whenever I need to go to tennis in the afternoon, she'll just take me anywhere. Yeah, shout she's out like, to she's Gigi. She's always available. Yeah, yeah. Her her official God given name is Gigi, right? Yeah. Actually, it's not. She's awesome. She's great. Yeah. Okay. My caught Gigi is is like a eternal caught doing good. Oh, she is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she is the unicorn. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So uh, my caught doing good today is uh, my coworkers who, and this is kind of a preview of next month, the next episode where uh, uh, we took an entire day and devoted to uh, just finding a a group in the community that needed support, a a place Mm -hmm. that needed some help and they you know this was above and beyond and they uh i work at a place where they're very busy and they usually have to be sort of like dressed up not these folks that day they look like we all look like sweaty pigs and they went to the river Mm -hmm. who we're going to meet next week Mm -hmm. next time a couple Mm -hmm. weeks from now when this next pod drops you'll learn more about them so i won't go there but these people scrub bathroom floors they just rolled up their sleeves and painted and did gardening my co-workers holy cow we broke our acrylic nails there you go i mean it was i mean there were falsies everywhere and <laughs> it was but it was a day of giving and that was just beautiful to watch and i thought you know that's something we all can do yeah we all can do just find somebody an organization that's so busy serving needs and coming along and just saying hey can i clean your bathroom for yeah. you i'll be happy to that's nice we are so over on this chat segment we are we've just been chatting and chatting i feel like it's because we haven't spent enough time chatting outside I think of that's the 
studio. We have really haven't been able to see each other very much so far. Rob Seabacher's here. Should we listen to you horse laugh one more time no, before we go to him? No more horse laughing. No, okay, here we go. Rob Seabacher. Hey, Rob Seabacher. Great to hear you, see you, and my goodness, great to just talk about the symphony again. Welcome to Doing Good. The podcast. It is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to be here. And uh, boy, we we sure had. We're just coming out of a concert we had this past weekend, and um, it is just amazing to be on a podcast that focuses on everything everybody's doing that's good in the world. What a great focus! Well, as you and your uh, colleagues with the Johnson City Symphony took the stage there at the Lakeside concert, and and just the crowd was huge. People loved it. The music was beautiful, and it was, you know, it's a reminder of the good that symphony does, the good that live music does, you know, individually and then for a community. But I wonder, what was it like for you all after the year and a half that we've had well, to get back up I'll there? I'll tell you, you know, sometimes we call it the, uh, the musical hibernation, but hibernation really isn't, uh, that's not even accurate because it, it was really a famine. I mean, we just had, we had no, no, no music in that time, and not not just to get up and make music again in front of an audience, but to make music in front of an audience that large. That was the largest crowd we've ever had for wow. these concerts at Wing Deer Park. Um, it's really something incredible. Our world in, in symphonic music is a, is a, is a pyramid, um, a triangle, the, the base of which is the musicians, the conductor, and the audience. And without that audience, I mean, we've done some online concerts, some virtual things, but to actually be able to interact with our audience again was really spectacular. And we have the best audience in the world in the Tri-Cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I, 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 I can feel that because I've had to do a couple of medical lectures through Zoom um, through this process. And it is just super tough when you can't play oh, off your is. emotions and play off the it's... emotions of the audience. And yeah, so I can only imagine um, conducting an orchestra <laughs> You don't have the feedback of the audience. Where you don't have it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's almost almost as bad as teaching on, yeah. on, uh, on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that's really tough, too. Yeah. Rob, I, I, for those, you know, for people who are listening to this podcast in the general sort of metro northeast Tennessee, southwest Virginia, western North Carolina area, they, they probably know the Johnson City Symphony. But for those yeah. who are listening in from uh, set the stage for us, you are uh, you have experience with uh, musicians across the country. So uh, I, I would love for people to kind of get some context about you and this symphony in terms of how you would describe it and its size and its comparability to other symphonies. Sure. Yeah, the, the Johnson City Symphony is, uh, it began really as a community orchestra. And, and when we say community, we mean those poor people weren't paid. It was just uh, <laughs> put together to, to, uh, to start. And that was uh, 51 years ago. The symphony has been around for a long time. Um, and then in the uh, mid 1990s, the orchestra switched over to a fully professional orchestra. And um, it really only did that because the, the people in the orchestra were paid enough to, uh, and I was told this upon taking the job, to do two things, put gas in the tank to get to rehearsals and to pay the babysitter. Mm. That, was, that, was, that was what they were, they were paid enough for. Um, and then I took, took, the, took the reins of the orchestra in 2009. And uh, since then, we've been a fully professional regional orchestra, and I think one of the, the very finest uh, in our in our area. And uh, we have lots of great regional orchestras in this in this place. But um, really, uh, the JCSO has, has kind of established itself as being able to be on par with those orchestras. Um, we have a, a fully funded player base. Um, we have a subscription series. That includes at least four master classics and two pops concerts, although we're kind of uh, coming away from those labels. So at least six, if not seven concerts every year. Our home right now is the Mary B. Martin Auditorium on the campus of Milligan College. Uh, We've been in there for most of the symphony's existence. Um, And uh, thanks to the great renovation a few years back now, seven, eight years ago, uh, it's a wonderful home for us. Um, we bring guest artists from all over the world right here to the Tri-Cities. And um, not only that, but we feature the very best of musicians in our own community. The thing that makes the JCS so special is all of our musicians are from this region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a joy to listen to. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and you know this, we are big fans and have been for many years. And uh, I, 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 being from Central Appalachia, I, I know that probably we're not known for 
uh, symphonic music. You know, we're very close to the birthplace of <laughs> country music. Uh, and yep. then you walk into one of your performances and you hear these regional musicians and you go, classical wow. symphonic music is alive and excellent you know, right here in the heart of central Appalachia. And I think that is, I think that's remarkable. I, I, I wonder if you agree. It certainly is remarkable. And I'll tell you something else. It makes us a very versatile orchestra because we can play bluegrass. We can play country. We can play blues. We can play all of those various um, genres and styles of music. Um, but then we can also play Beethoven and Haydn and Tchaikovsky and all of these big names um, and that's really something, too, that, that we're, I would like to think is a hallmark of our concerts is we play music for, for everybody. There's nothing highbrow about what we do. We want everybody in the Tri-Cities to be able to come into, into that hall. And a number of years ago, somebody said, well, what if somebody wants to come dressed in a NASCAR hat and T-shirt? And I said, <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing I care about is that they are dressed. <laughs> they can... <wear> <laughs> They can wear whatever they want to our concerts because it should be a relaxing, exciting evening. I mean, we have people that come to a concert and then go to a club downtown. We have people that come to a concert and go out for a really nice dinner before or after. Or like me, I just go to bed after the concert. <laughs> um, but after after the adrenaline wears off after after a show. But uh, So the, uh, the, the concert's for everybody, all ages. We have people of all ages. And the great thing about doing that outdoor concert we just came through there's as many children there as there are adults, middle-aged adults, folks that have been with us for a little longer, coming to our concerts for a long time, every demographic of the Tri-Cities. That's, that's who we're here for. We're here for our community. Our podcasters can't see you, so I want to pre- create a little bit of a visual, and I'm doing it just because I feel like it's it, – or I, and I cannot believe it was 2009 when you rolled into this area yeah. and took over. The, I cannot believe that. But uh, – you are a young guy, and when I first met you, I thought, you know, I, mo, I, you know, you get this stereotypical image of symphonies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and, and the, I always think of Albert Einstein up front <laughs> conducting the orchestra. That's my mental vi- image of a uh, conductor. Uh, who was the crazy-haired conductor? The, the legendary. Uh, uh, and there was one. Leopold Stokowski. Stokowski. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, just you know. Yeah, he's 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 the one Bugs Bunny always made fun of. Yeah. Right. One hundred and twenty-five years old with this baton whirling. Yeah. People are terrified of him. Yeah. His eyela- eyebrows are as long as his hair. Right, and you know he looked like he could like just throw his baton and impale like a cellist or something yeah, like right. that. And he yeah. has this unbelievable accent that sounds like Dracula. <laughs> and then you you roll in and... Uh, we really you, are going through all the stereotypes. Uh, <laughs> all the tropes. Yeah. We're dragging them out today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he has crusty skin. Anyway, uh, so did you roll in and you, you honestly look like you were maybe 25 years old. Uh, to, yeah. And I, I won't no, ask you to divulge your age, but no, uh, that's that, that's pretty close to accurate when I started. And uh, and and we brought, I would like to say, youthful energy to the room. And uh, and uh, <laughs> so I could see how afterwards you you would need to go home and take a nap because you're you were. Yeah. But yeah. for you, I can tell, Rob. This is, and, and just personally, as an aside, you. You are uh, you are in different places and involved with music in different places. So for folks who are right. trying to get a frame of reference about you, you, you know, Johnson City, the Johnson City area is not home because you're involved in teaching and conducting in other parts of the country, right? Or have been. Tell us about you. That's right. Yeah. Well, so so I, I I'm just I'm, I'm I always introduce myself by saying I have the best job in the world, and I really do feel that I do. Um, I got really lucky. Um, there are a lot of People my age that, uh, you know, their primary gig is doing something other than conducting, even though they studied conducting. Um, so um, I teach. I'm a professor at uh, Center College in Danville, Kentucky. Um, I conduct the orchestra here and teach classes in music. Um, I conduct. I'm the music director of the Johnson City Symphony Orchestra, of course. Um, and I'm also the assistant conductor of the National Chorale in New York City. So oh. um, so I, I try to try to balance my time between all three of those different uh, assignments. Um, just a little while ago, I had a fourth assignment that was in Mobile, Alabama. I was conducting the Mobile Symphony Youth Orchestra, but um, I think the, the four jobs got to be, uh, I needed to make sure I could get all my energy as much as possible. So uh, four jobs proved to be a little much. So now it's three principal gigs um, and some other, con- you know, some other conducting on the side. How does one become a conductor? 
um, stubbornness. Okay. And, um, <laughs> so I think the, uh, the, the first thing in the, and, um, like, like many people in the Tri-Cities, um, I was exposed through a, 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 an amazing elementary school music teacher mm-hmm. and an amazing high school band. Right. And those, those, those are where, that's where it all started for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from, I'm from Pittsburgh originally, just north of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and, uh, <clears throat> went to Seneca Valley high school. And, uh, at that time, Robert Matchett was, uh, directing the band program there. And, um, that, that was really eye opening to me. Um, and my elementary band director, band director was Susan Van Arsdale. And she really not only was a great teacher and gave me the foundation I needed, but also inspired me through various stages of my career. Um, and then we go to school. Uh, you know, most schools don't have an undergraduate in conducting because mm-hmm. you really need to learn to be a musician first. Sure. I and mean, that's really the most important thing. So I, I play French horn. That's my instrument. So I, I played that at college and I, um, and I, uh, I studied education cause I wanted to know how people learn. Mm-hmm. I did my master's in orchestral conducting. That was at Bowling Green State. And then I did my doctorate at the university of Kentucky. And then you just have to keep working hard and, and hope you get lucky enough that people are willing to, to give you a chance to stand in front and, and conduct. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, you've definitely been a blessing to the symphony and to, mm-hmm. uh, and to the Tri-Cities. So we, um, you know, we're glad you're here. Uh, let's shift gears a little, though, and let's talk about um, let's talk about the effect of the pandemic on um, on not only the Johnson City Symphony, but on um, on live music and the arts uh, as a whole. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard to overstate. I mean, you really can't, uh, in this and, and easy to understate the, the effect. It's, it, it's, it's so wide reaching. I mean, one of the reasons that we, we are able to sound good is we play together a good bit. I mean, it, you can't just get on that stage and have the magic happen every time. That's really hard work. And to go for a year and a half without playing together. Mm-hmm. And then trying to come back together, uh, it affects our our donors. You know, our donors that would normally help us out a little bit here and there, they need to be more conservative with their money, of course, so that um, if, if anything happens there, we have no ticket revenue. We have no um, we, we we have to be very careful. Now, thankfully, uh, here in the Tri Cities community, really does support us. We survived the pandemic. A lot of orchestras didn't. Yeah, that's they either what de- I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, they either declared bankruptcy or or went into um, a forced uh, vacation schedule where nobody was getting paid and mm-hmm. there was nobody in the office and there was none of that. We we fortunately didn't have to go through that. And our wonderful patrons stepped up and said, "Hey, look, we can keep the JCSO going." Um, so then we were able to turn around and do a concert once restrictions were listed were mm-hmm. lifted. And now we um, we're looking forward to coming into a new season and then juggling the new season. You know, we start planning about two years out for this, for the season. Mm-hmm. So planning for 21, 22 is completely done. Most of the planning for 22, 23 is done. Mm-hmm. And we're really looking at 23, 24 right now is the season that we're starting to, to think about mm-hmm. um, as far as you know what's going to happen. But we have a backlog of artists and contracts that we were going to honor for the 1920 season that we're trying to shuffle and get off. So it's always, you know, our, our world is always a moving chessboard anyway. But here we're trying to get all these puzzle pieces together so that we can bring those great guest artists to the Johnson City Symphony, to mm-hmm. the Tri-Cities, so that they can be heard. And then also continue to feature... Uh, our, our local, our local folks. So um, really when I say absolutely every aspect of symphonic performance was affected by the pandemic, it certainly was. And look, we want people to feel safe coming into our hall. Um, I'll, I'll give you an anecdote in a, in a little while about why it is we do what we do, but at the very least people need to feel safe when they come into our hall. Yeah. And uh, so now I think we're at a point where people do feel safe. People want to embrace that, it's the whole thing of why do you go to the movie theater when you can watch it on Amazon Prime? Well, you go because it's that that community aspect, mm-hmm. that, gr- that group endeavor of being in that hall, listening, feeling that music. And uh, so now we're really we're back there and I, I couldn't be more thrilled. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think the pandemic has shown us just how much we need the arts, how much we need um the enlightenment, the soul giving uh, nourishment that music and art gives us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think the world looks like if, if there is no live symphonic music? Uh, Well, I mean, 
Just drop I mean, the, the bomb and get it over with. I mean, because right? it's, 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 it's really. I mean, I think we've experienced it. Yeah. I mean, I think we did yeah. experience it for a year and a half. We got a taste of it. But I think we all kind of knew it's coming back. It's going to be okay. It's coming back. But but I, I, I sit here now and I look back and I think, well, what if the symphony had had to declare bankruptcy? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. what, is, what, is our, what does our world look like without it? Well, I think the first thing, and, and this is um, – you're, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best not to pull out my soapbox that I keep here in my. Oh, office. I already got on my soapbox, so you go right ahead. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, I, there, there's always this feeling that well, the 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 arts are really great for making people feel good, and that's their their singular commodity, and that that is one of the commodities. But there's very real money attached to the arts. In, in, in a lot of ways. One, it employs musicians and it employs people who went to college and to, to school to do this. That's a big economic impact. It attracts great guest artists. I mean, there was a, a long time where um, the previous Mountain Empire, uh, Mountain States Empire um, uh, medical system used their promoting package to bring doctors to the Tri-Cities, included clips of the Johnson City Symphony, um, bringing talent and great people to the Tri-Cities. Um, Arts are really important in there. We provide great impact to restaurants, to entertainment venues, before and after concerts. Um, We make the Tri-Cities a a much better place, a more livable place, a place to lift lift what what it is that you do. And I think a world without art is really incredible. Um, It's really unimaginable to think about. Um, A number of years ago, the, the dean of the New England Conservatory offered this this type of thing. Uh, all the freshmen would gather uh, in in the in the auditorium on their first day of, of college to go for music. And he got up and he would say, um, "If you were all a bunch of medical students, I would be giving you a lecture saying that you need to be on your best for the next." 10, 11 years, because some night at 2 a.m., somebody's going to come into your emergency room, and whether they walk out again alive or not is up to how well you do your job. Well, you were musicians. Some night at 7.30, 8 p.m., some soul is going to waltz into your concert hall with a heart that is broken, a soul that needs mended, or a mind that is unstable. And whether they walk out whole again is solely up to how well you do your profession. Mm. And I think that's really why it is that we do what we do. Um, I think that if people feel that we are superfluous, if we are something they don't need, try us. Come to a concert and see, see how you feel before and after that concert. Um, and it is definitely something that, that provides, uh, mental and, and physical energy to everybody in that hall. And it is something that we really, um, need to unify us as human beings. It's one of those rare things when all of our mouths are shut, except for the people singing that our, <laughs> our, our entire, uh, purpose is to be uni- unified as a single, uh, human entity. Mm-hmm. Golly, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to memories I've had listening to you and your your uh, your symphony. I remember Rob sitting in Seeger Hall in the Martin uh, Hall and listening. And I, I'm going to remember forget her name, but it was several years ago. You brought in a Russian pianist uh, who played mm-hmm. one of the Rachmaninoff concertos, and it yeah, was Valentina Lestitia, yeah, international superstar yep. right and yep. and and, and I've, i was it's it was stunningly beautiful but i remember looking just down the way from us and seeing just out of the corner of my eye seeing uh, a couple and it was they were advanced in years and the 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 wife was just i could see she tears just pouring down her face just yeah. she was so touched by the beauty of that and her husband was reaching over and kind of like patting her hand you know like you could tell that for them and whatever had been going on i don't know the story that brought them into that room that night but they were absolutely overwhelmed with the beauty of of what they were watching right there uh in that chapel and so i that when you that reminded me of that i also think of your christmas concert when sure uh, oh my gosh which is just truly one of the most beautiful nights of 
of my Christmas season, and everyone is at, you know, you're playing and they're singing Silent Night, and they have, um, and any of the, the lights are, you know, the, the can- it's just gorgeous. So I, I really think you, uh, you're, you're hitting on something that it is, it is medicine for a weary soul, mm-hmm. and it's been something right. we've been out without for a while. Right, and I, I. Boy. Yeah, I agree. I, um, you know, the the symphony uh, experiences that I've had here in the Tri Cities um, have. Mo- I've been to a few of the outdoor mm-hmm. um, performances, and then um, and then the Christmas concerts, and then um, most recently, I've been been floored by the professional uh, by uh, the professionalism of the musicians because um, at Christmas you've been doing the Nutcracker with the East Tennessee Ballet Academy which my daughter's in the East Tennessee Ballet Academy and I know uh, from that end what it takes to put on that show but then to bring in the entire symphony and to pull that thing off as seamlessly as you guys pull that thing off I was completely floored the first year you did it and um so, you know, I mean, these are this is a group of professionals who's out there. I mean, you guys aren't making a, a huge salary <laughs> to do this. And, and so and the performers are they're just getting enough money for gas and to pay the babysitter. But um, but you are you're a group of professionals who's out there doing this. Well, I think because you love music, but also because you want to share that love of music with the audience you want to bring that beauty into their world and um and so you know anybody who argues that it's not necessary to have the arts um is uh oh gosh i i agree Wrong. just go just go you know <laughs> yeah. just try it and um well, yeah i think one of the great things that we do is we, we we love to be um a part of our our community and um and, you know, for example, one of the great pictures I have from two years ago is actually with your daughter, yes. Millie, out, out, in, out in the uh, lobby of the of the, uh, the thing. And, and folks that are listening at home, of course, I can see the studio and I can see Millie and see how very tall she is um, now compared to just a few years ago. So, um, but we, we love doing that Nutcracker. Boy, that was really something, you know, because so often the Nutcracker is not done with a full symphony orchestra mm-hmm. or something terribly reduced thing or what we call canned music mm-hmm. you know, they play a recording of it right. and to do it with the full symphony was really was really something mm-hmm. um this year we take a break from that and hopefully next year we'll be we'll be back doing that again um uh but uh, a few years ago josh narrated and, and emceed and we just went straight through and did some storytelling how the grinch stole christmas mm-hmm. and all that well Josh, this year we'll be back with the orchestra and we're going to do Twas the Night Before Christmas. Oh. He'll MC the whole evening for mm-hmm. us. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, the, the new, the new, the new, uh, uh, program, the new season is planned. And our brochures will go out here very soon, beginning of August. Um, but I can also tell you that on that December concert, the entire Tri Cities Jazz Orchestra is going to join us as well. So oh, awesome. it is going to be going to be a double bang for your buck, it's triple bang. A, you get to, it's going to be a rock and night. Josh narrate. Oh. You get to hear the jazz orchestra, and you get to hear the JCSO. Rob, I'm typically not afraid of live uh, being in front of a group and having to speak, but I've got to tell you. I have never been so scared in my life <laughs> because it's like, you know, well, when you narrate with the, it, you screw up and it's not good. So anyway, you're, yeah, you're so gracious a guy, but oh my gosh, <laughs> you're not, you, 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 first off, you've never screwed up, I'm but flop the, sweating the just there thinking is, about it. We, <laughs> no, we, we have, we have lots of what we call hold bars yes, that, that's where, it. We, mm-hmm. where we can, we can just keep repeating a, a repeated <laughs> pattern until if, if the narrator takes time to get back on. But Josh is, of course, that's, that's a euphemism. If the narrator screws up, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> tell us what you can about your season. We want it. We want to know about yeah. your season as you can, because we really want to encourage our listeners to come sure. and see you and, 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 and become subscribe members and, and, and really plug in. So what, what's coming up? So what's coming up? Uh, opening night is in October, uh, and uh, that is going to be a, a huge evening. One of our local wonder wonders of the cello, Wesley Baldwin, who teaches at UT Knoxville, will join us. He's going to do the Elgar Cello Concerto. Elgar wrote that cello concerto just after he watched one of his friends get blown away in a World War One 
bunker. So it is an incredibly emotional piece of music, um, very heart wrenching. And then we end that program with Scheherazade, uh, which is a massive orchestral piece about the sea and Sinbad ship and about the, the, the stories that Scheherazade told uh, over the 1001 nights. Opening that program is a piece by William Grant Still, a wonderful American composer um, called Wood Notes. And that's a, a piece that depicts a river and depicts mountains and all of this. And it's perfect for the Tri-City. So opening night is big. In November, we're doing a symphony by Haydn. We don't normally get to do Haydn, but uh, we have a little bit of a smaller orchestra for that one. And a student of mine, a former student of mine, Jessica Elder, she played French horn in the Mobile Symphony Youth Orchestra years ago. She went to the Eastman School of Music and to Juilliard. Now she's the principal horn of the Utah Symphony. So she's out there doing it. She's going to come to the Tri-Cities and play some Mozart for us. We've talked a lot about our December program already. Wonderful holiday celebration. February, we have all the students from Science Hill High School's orchestra with us. We did that a number of years ago and totally filled that stage. We'll do some Bach on that concert and a few other things. And then two biggies to close the year. Um, We are bringing in Kevin Thompson in March of 2022. Uh, He's a Metropolitan Opera star. He sings bass. He's going to sing with us, and we're going to do a huge tone poem called Death and Transfiguration. Tone poems aim to actually depict something in music. And in this one, Strauss depicts death and somebody's uh, rise to heaven. It is an unbelievably inspiring piece. Mm. And then in April, we do an all John Williams concert. So the music of Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, um, really exciting. It's been over four years since we've done the last John Williams concert. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll have a costume contest for the students. We'll have uh, characters and cosplay there. So we are I've never really been more excited about a season than this one. I'm pretty excited all the darn time. So, um, but this 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 season it's coming true, back is. on, yeah, it's coming. I mean, as, as I've said, I have the best job in the world. Um, this 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 is a season where we we're doing good. We're we're bringing. We've we've asked our audience, what do you want to hear again? What's going to help you come back to the concert hall? What's going to help inspire you? And that's that's exactly what we want to do. We want to bring a space that. For two hours, your world is perfect when you're in that hall. I gotcha. So what message do you want to send to the NASCAR fan, the the guy who is coming to the concert in his NASCAR hat and his Jeff Gordon shirt? Yeah. Um, what message do you want to send him or her? <laughs> the, the JC Symphony is for you. It's for everybody. It is it is something that's made to make you be awe-inspired every time. I mean, I have I have practically brought people – maybe one or two times, literally kicking and screaming into that concert. Oh God, Rob, I can't believe you're making me sit through this concert. It's two hours. It's going to be the most boring time in my life. And without fail, every single one of them at the end of that concert is like, so where do I buy tickets for the next time? Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, if you've not been in the hall, you don't get it. Um, But if you get into that hall and you say, wow, here it is, this is, this is it. This is where it's at. Um, and you get a chance to hear that and feel that. That's the thing. I'm wearing these two magnificent um, Apple AirPod Pros, <laughs> and music sounds pretty good coming out of them. But the music that we play was never designed to come out of these two earbuds. Mm-hmm. The music that we listen to is meant to be experienced live and to feel the to bass, feel, it, feel yeah. the bass drum, feel all of that in the hall. Yeah. You know, when you get those big moments in the music, wow! It's it's there's really it's it's really it's, it's addictive. There's nothing like it. All right, let's play favorite conductor. I mean, yeah, not favorite conductor, favorite composer. Favorite composer. Yeah. Which is yours, Becky? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Copeland. Appalachian oh. Spring is really one of my favorite orchestral oh, pieces. That is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I can listen to that over and over. You've guys done Copeland, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot we've of done that. Appalachian Spring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. And we had a wonderful, we had a wonderful argument. Whether it was Appalachian Spring or Appalachian Spring. Oh, it's Spring. Appalachian Spring. Um, we were at Yosemite yeah. National Park just recently, and um, we had a tour guide who wanted to talk about the Appalachian Trail versus the Pacific Coast Trail. Yeah. And he kept calling it Appalachian, and his tip got reduced yeah, significantly for calling it Appalachian. It's like, People feel very strongly about oh, this. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, well, from well, those anyway. of us here, though, it's Appalachian. Yeah, okay. Mine is yes. Rachmaninoff, absolutely, no questions. Mm-hmm. And you're reason wow. you're the reason why uh um da 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 what is that one rob that da da yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, that's yeah no, that's uh that's from that's uh from 
from uh, the, the one of the piano concertos. Oh my so, gosh! Should I we mean, get to just hum pieces da, and da, see da, if da, Rob da, can yeah, guess what they are? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's well, as, long as, as, long, as, as long as you're in the ballpark, <laughs> you're good. How about um, you, Rob? What's yours? The, What's oh, yours? It, you know, that would be like asking a parent, what is your favorite child? Uh-huh. I, I mean, really, I mean, know you've got one. You know, but, but you know, if, if you're going to make me pick, it's probably going to be Beethoven. Oh, okay. I think because Beethoven's the guy that speaks to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, when we listen to Beethoven, we can hear how PO'd he was at the world. We can hear how, you know, there's this wonderful, you know, the internet's great for just so many things, but on Facebook, you get these memes, this meme sometime. And one of them is like, Hey, what ticks you off? And it says nouns, nouns. What do you mean? People, places, and things tick me off. So, <laughs> um, so Be- you know, Beethoven was like that. You can hear that. You can hear his frustration that his health was declining. You can hear his frustration with the government of his time. You can hear the joy that his family brought him and it's universal. It's just keeps, keeps coming. We, we get that same thing with Tchaikovsky. Um, there's just something, there's, there's a, there's a suffering there, a yearning there, something that, that we all seem to be able to pick up no matter whether we have experience with, with music or not. Oh, you did a Beethoven. I remember your Beethoven uh, a few. I guess it's been a couple years ago, and it was it was staggeringly beautiful. Um, yeah, Rob Seabacher, we 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 got to go. Golly, um, we we really have enjoyed talking to you. Where can people find you and learn more about the symphony? Well, you'll find me on Facebook. I'm happy to accept your friend request. Um, you can find the symphony, jcsymphony.com. All the information's there about how to get tickets, how to subscribe. And keep in mind, subscription is your is your best bet to enjoy the symphony. Tickets are dirt cheap. We are the cheapest date in town, unless you count, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> well, that's our tradition: is go to the symphony and, and then, then hoof it over to Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts yeah. And, uh, and My, mine's is mine's the other way. I love like Dunkin' Donuts. Stops at Dunkin' so Donuts on the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll drain. I'll drain a you know a, a big extra large coffee before rehearsal, and then the tempos are really fast. Oh yeah, yeah I love it. Don't do that for the Christmas concert and the narration piece. I've got to do because it's no. a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Never. Rob Seabacher, thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on Doing Good, the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, folks. Appreciate it. Thank you, you for bringing for music to our world. And that's our show. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more, please find us on Facebook or Instagram at We're Doing Good. And please like and subscribe our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And if you have time, please leave us a review. We love your stars. Until next time, remember, go out, do some good wherever you are every day.